once again, for anyone who's not Walmart and Target and doesn't have the financial firepower to absorb cost inflation on the supply chain end, they make it hard to compete. Hi, I'm Daphne Howland. And I'm Ben Unglesby. We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends. And talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our stories. This is The Backroom. Welcome to another episode of The Back Room. We are here today to talk about inflation and what it means for retail today, which seems to be changing just about every day. Daphne, why don't you get us started? You covered uh, April's retail sales numbers. What did you see in there that gives us some clue about what's going on with, with consumer right now? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. So in April, when the Commerce Department sends out their numbers for each month, we take the cohort of segments that we follow. So we don't include grocery, don't include restaurants, we don't include auto, fuel. And in our cohort, retail sales in April were up 11%, which is pretty healthy. And some segments went down, things like furniture that did really well during the pandemic and now sort of leveling off, went down. But otherwise, it was a pretty good month for retail. And part of that is going to be inflation because the Commerce Department doesn't adjust for inflation. So part of that increase is just because prices are higher, not because people are buying more. But the volumes were also up, according to most analysts. So it was not a bad month, all things considered. But it seems to me that pretty much immediately following the Commerce Department's report on retail sales, we started getting these earnings reports that told a much different story. Similarly, the top line numbers were okay, more or less, but a lot of other things were much more dire. And Ben, you you covered Walmart and Target this week, which I feel like were the two big stories along these lines. Yeah, I, I think Walmart and Target kind of spooked everyone. I would say wake up call, but everything is happening so fast. I, I don't know that there were any sort of sleeping factors here. Something just kind of happened. <laughs> and it was a similar situation. I mean, in we've seen several people now reporting on their, their first quarter. You know, the sales are up, average tickets are up. A lot of that could be price increases. And Walmart and Target specifically, what we're seeing is consumers changing their habits. So they're probably reacting, and Walmart kind of drew this out a little bit in their earnings call. They're reacting to inflation in food prices and probably, you know, outside of their stores reacting to inflation and gas prices. And they're pulling back on discretionary spending, which gives everyone the heebie-jeebies who's in the discretionary retail sector. If you're if you're Walmart and Target, you're selling grocery. Um, so you have you have a fair amount of stability. Although, you know, Target, a big chunk of its profit is, you know, you go, you walk into Target for, you know, bath tissue and a couple of groceries and you can come out with who knows what. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, all there. that's, that's exactly, I do that purposefully, yeah. you know, I go for what we need, but I'm secretly shopping for what I want. <laughs> right. So both Walmart and Target suffered from a pullback in general merchandise and discretionary spending because that's higher margin. 
So even while their their food sales are strong, if people are pulling back in their discretionary spending, that's going to hurt profits. You know, and and you know, retailers are kind of stuck in the middle because they're seeing a lot of inflation right now from fuel costs, high gas prices, high oil prices. They rip all the way through the supply chain from the boats coming over from wherever to your trucks coming out of the warehouse. I mean. Everything, everything is more expensive, gets more expensive when gas prices go up. So they're seeing their costs go up. And both companies said this on their calls that gas prices and and freight costs, everything spiked more quickly than they could pass it on to the customer in in prices, in, in you know, in, in price increases. So it, it happened kind of suddenly. And I think it happened just in the last two months. And analysts kind of called out Target. They're like, you just had your investor meeting in March and you got on the stage and painted a rosy picture about the consumer and, and the economy and your, you know, your profit forecast for the year. Well, Brian Cornell said, like, things happened so quickly over the past 60 days. So I think costs spiked and consumers, which, you know, hurts the companies in, in their, on, you know, on one side of their income statement, and then the consumer also reacted quickly too to, to inflation they're seeing. So it's this sort of one-two punch for, for the retailers. And by the way, I, I know some economists are saying that the inflation is partly due to the stimulus payments that kind of flooded the economy during the pandemic. But it seems like a lot of the executives that are getting on these earnings calls and explaining their costs are talking about fuel costs and that that also seems to be direct related to the war in Ukraine, which is a, another sort of, we've lived with it now for a few months, but it's that was an unforeseen whack to just the global stage and economy and everything, not to mention, you know, the actual horrors of the war itself. Yeah. The argument about stimulus, and, and Q1 is pretty interesting because we're starting to lap those stimulus payments, which means people had extra money to spend last year that they don't this year. So, you know, at Target, I think that was talked about a little bit more than Walmart. I think the effects were maybe a little bit steeper than they anticipated because consumers have been pretty resilient over, you know, the last many years. But I think maybe the combination of of less stimulus and higher prices on essentials like gas and food, people are reacting. To the extent that prices were being driven by by people spending more because they have more money to spend, if they have less money, I guess that's one way to get prices down, but it's not really going to be fun for anybody. Well, and let's not forget that retailers, from my experience, were pretty gleefully pulling back on markdowns and stuff. There was a chunk of time anyway where they were able to charge higher prices to the consumer. But they weren't facing at least the kind of cost increases that they are now. So I think a week or two ago, I was writing about the latest inflation numbers. We had finally seen online inflation come down. The CPI as a whole, at least didn't accelerate, um, but was still pretty high. And and I wrote in a story something to the effect that, you know, margins and profits have still held fairly well through the past year of cost increases in, in freight because everyone's been able to pass price increases onto the consumer. And some in some cases, people had just profit bonanzas last year. The low inventory environment helped everyone avoid discounting. And, and so, yeah, th there's been last year amid cost increases and on, on, on 
retailers and price increases on their customers. A lot of retailers came out very well in that scenario. And and then everything turned. <laughs> you know, I wrote that sentence. And then this week I wrote about Walmart and Target. And the situation is it turned quickly. And Walmart and Target both took big profit hits. What's interesting about the two of those companies is to some extent, um, one analyst suggested this with Walmart. I think it could be true of both. Both of them could be taking advantage of inflation in groceries specifically to start trying taking market share. So what matters for Walmart, especially is, you know, price gaps. And they and they talk about this price gaps with their consumers, you know, perceived lower prices. And so they may be they may be absorbing cost inflation on their end to grab market share, which could eventually lead to, to you know, a slowdown in inflation overall. That could be kind of how things slow down on the consumer end is, is retailers start battling it out in prices again, especially as they're seeing spending pullbacks. And that, and that's the other thing is they've also had to pull back, roll back prices. In, in some cases, Walmart's doing it on apparel just to get more apparel sales into the mix because even, even markdown apparel is higher margin than you know food and some essential goods for, for Walmart. And Target over-ordered on inventory in a lot of discretionary categories. They did their best. <laughs> I mean, the way that their uh, chief growth officer explained it, you know, they did their best to predict demand. You know, you use all your analytics, you factor in the end of stimulus, you do your best, but the world just spins on a dime these days. <laughs> and they ended up with too much electronics, too much in apparel. They wanted to keep their stores fresh, so, so they had to take a bunch of markdowns. So some of it, is probably getting caught with too much inventory, but some of it might be, okay, everyone is, you know, testing how much they can raise prices on the consumer. Well, let's take advantage of that, <laughs> roll back our prices and start stealing their customers. Once again, for anyone who's not Walmart and Target and doesn't have the financial firepower to absorb cost inflation on the supply chain end, they make it hard to compete, <laughs> but but it may be good for the consumer in the long run. Well. The other thing that both Target and Walmart have is, you know, they attract a budget-minded consumer in the first place, and as do off-pricers. Off-pricers, mass merchants, probably people are going to gravitate to them. So once again, we've got department stores Stuck left in out in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> so along comes Kohl's, which is already dealing with activist investors and looks like they're going to be selling themselves to someone. We have yet to see who is going to win that one. But the interesting thing about Kohl's is while in part, thanks to inflation, the top line grew at Walmart and Target, right? At Kohl's, it did not. So that says that if you're not even able to register some growth, even if you your profits are getting squeezed, that's just a sign of a whole nother level of trouble. Yeah. Most people's sales are growing still. And again, I mean, we saw that with the retail sales overall. And it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Although on the calls that I've been listening to, I mean, you know, on the supply chain end where, where so many of these costs are coming from, a lot of people expect that to slow down in, you know, the second second half of the year. They're projecting, you know, a lot of the weight on profits, a lot of the pressure on profits to be in the first half of the year. But 
knows at this point? I mean, it's been it's been so hard to predict uh, what's going to happen. I mean, a year ago, people thought surely around now, not everyone, but but a lot of people thought surely around now, some of the supply chain bottlenecks would be unwinding. And I mean, I think they are easing. But then you had this get this oil shock from Ukraine, and that's just keeping freight costs and transportation costs so high. And there's still a lot of congestion. And there's COVID outbreaks in China. I was going to say, the, yeah. p- the pandemic is rarely invoked anymore, but it's still a pretty major factor when it comes to lockdowns or sort of light lockdowns in various areas of the world. You know, there are places that are seeing some real surges in cases. And here in the U.S., they're talking about geographically looking at where there should be mask mandates and stuff like that. So the pandemic is far from over. I hate to bring this up since we're recording in May, but it feels like this is a year when the holidays could be especially important because on top of everything else, consumers really were wanting to get out and spend money on traveling and eating out and stuff and, you know, tickets to concerts, things that they couldn't do while they were buying their office furniture and athleisure clothing during the pandemic. So there was already going to be kind of a switch in discretionary spending over to services. And, you know, there are only so many nice desks you can buy for yourself anyway, which explains part of Wayfair's problem also in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, and I think those are the two other sides to to inflation that do not get talked about enough is so many of the supply chain backups were, you know, employment rebounded and people, you know, consumers were healthier back in 2021, but the pandemic was still raging, even as vaccines were starting to make their way out. But even once vaccines were rolled out, we saw a Delta, we saw an Omicron. So there was still a lot of spending being diverted to, to goods. And so there's a lot more pressure on the supply chain for, for goods. And I think some of that is starting to unwind. And again, we see we saw some of that. There, there's hints in Target's earnings that that's happening because they said a lot of their going out categories are doing very well, like beauty and fashion apparel. There are signs that people are going out and hanging out more. So, so some of the spending is is shifting. So, so that might be another slice of it, along with food and gas prices, is people are spending more on experiences. And then the other thing about inflation, you know, every macroeconomist who talks about stimulus but doesn't even mention the pandemic, it kind of irritates me. And not, not from a political perspective, just so much as like, look at what is actually happening in the world. The pandemic had so much to do with the supply chain issues of last year. I mean, you had ports closing, you had factories closing, you know, American consumers got their vaccines and felt better about the world and started spending. A lot of the countries where our goods are made and shipped from have still been wrestling with with major outbreaks of of the virus. And and there was this mismatch just in terms of the the pandemic and its effects, along with just a lot of supply chain capacity went dormant and it didn't have a chance to catch up. And I, I don't know that I fully understand why we're still so congested other than there's still pandemic lockdowns in, in China and other areas. But I also think it just takes a long time to work through 
a backlog and a very complicated supply chain that got very battled by all kinds of things last year. It's interesting. I, I'd like to see more granular study on this because I, I've noticed there are still sort of stores will close down for a couple of days because there's a COVID outbreak at the store. That's still happening here. So it it could be not just that it's abroad, but maybe you didn't have worker not enough workers in the store, not just because you can't hire them, which has also been an issue, but if you're low on staff because they're sort of COVID waves going through your area or whatever, the supply chain is long. So depending on where you are and what's going on, that could be part of it too. Yeah, no, that that is a good point too. And also, you know, we're going through first quarter earnings. Omicron seems like a lifetime ago already, <laughs> but but it happened in the first quarter. And I think it took a toll both on sales in January, but also on you know store operations and supply chain operations. So yeah, I mean, the pandemic is not has not stopped being a factor, you know, at home either. It's a good point. We look at this from every angle. I mean, we we study consumers here at Retail Dive. We studied the, the retail business. We studied the supply chain. I still have a hard time understanding what is driving inflation. I mean, it's clear enough when you have, you know, costs rising for, for businesses, but it has not always been one-to-one whether those costs get passed directly onto the consumer in full. Uh, for a while, retailers were taking a chunk of it. <laughs> I mean, they, they absorbed the cost, but they still managed to raise their, their own profits. That seems to have stopped more suddenly than anyone expected. And like I said, I, I know gas is playing a, a role right now, and I don't know what the Fed can do about gas prices. To me, it seems... I don't know. I mean, you you can slow down the whole economy to slow down inflation, but if you're doing that, if it's gas prices that are driving inflation, then yeah, you're going to end up with stagflation, I guess, because gas prices aren't going to stop going down just because the Fed raises interest rates. The other question is, what kind of long-term consumer behavior might you see? Some of what we're talking about kind of ushers in long-term consumer behavior changes, but other things are more short term. It's kind of what you were saying about, you know, all these CEOs who were taken by surprise by the the way the costs hit them this quarter. Some things you have to deal with, you have to be nimble and deal with them in the moment, sort of. And other things you need to look at, you know, just a new consumer generationally or because gas is never going to go down below $4, whatever it is, things can, you know, make more permanent changes. And... We'll be following the short term and the long term, no matter what happens. All right. Well, uh, that's all the time we got for today. But thank you for listening. And thank you, Daphne. Thank you, Ben. It's always a pleasure. This episode of The Backroom was produced and edited by Caroline Jansen. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.